On this episode of the Trade Busters podcast, we're going to be talking about how to size your trades when implementing my income strategies. Before I go on, just a quick disclaimer. I'm not a financial advisor and everything on this podcast is for informational purposes only and not to be construed as financial advice. Now, also, in order for what we're going over in this episode to make sense, you need to make sure you've listened to episode 8 about credit targeting and expectancy hacking, and as well as episode 13, um, where we talk about premium capture rate. Now, when we're sizing the trades, there's two things to focus on. One of them is how much you want to make, and the other one is how much risk you're willing to take. So let's look at your target return, first of all. Let's say, for example, and this can apply to any of the three strategies, the 2 to 3 DTE, the 7 DTE, the 45 DTE. I'm going to use some round numbers just for illustrative purposes. Supposing you had a 100K account and you wanted to make 10%, which is $10,000. Now, for most of my strategies, I usually say the kind of the golden, um, the gold standard for the premium capture rate is 25%. So this is what you want to budget for because there's going to be times when the strategy is going to run hotter and they're going to do better than expected. There's going to be sometimes you do worse as well. But let's just assume you capture 25% of the premium. So in order to make $10,000 at a 25% premium capture rate, you need to sell $40,000, right? Because you're collecting one-fourth of it. So if you're going to sell $40,000 in premium, 25% of that is going to be $10,000. Now, let's say, for example... Uh, we're going to talk about the 7DT strategy, which is a strategy that is sold uh, three times a week, which basically is going to give you three times 52, which is 156 occurrences every year. So we're going to take the $40,000 of premium that you have to sell. And first we divide it by 52, which is going to give you $769 of premium that you have to sell every week. And then you divide it by three because there's three trades in a given week and you get 256. So I kind of went over this example in my episode that did a deep dive into the 7DT strategy. Um, But in this case, $256 is the amount of premium you have to collect every single entry, which is three times a week. So you take that amount, that's your credit target basically. And based on the heuristics of the strategy, which you can go back and listen to the episode, you're going to balance between the delta and the credit size, sorry, the delta and the contract size, you know, based on the credit per contract to get that targeted $256. So basically, we went from our goal, which was the $10,000, and reverse engineered back to the size that the trade required. So we kind of run this in forward, um, you know, run this from front to back now. If I collected $256 every entry, and again, this is split between based on the delta and the contract size, and you have to kind of dynamically balance that. But so if I round down $256 uh, three times a week, so I'm collecting, so multiply by three, I'm collecting about $768 a week times 52, which is 39,936,000. So that's how much premium I'm selling every single week. And once again, if I expect to capture a fourth of that or 25%, that's going to get the 9,984 or about $10,000. So this is how we size when we're first working backwards from the goal. Now this, in this case, this was only, you know, one strategy I was talking about. Let's say you had a larger account. Let's say you had a million dollar account and you want to make 10%, which is a, you know, 100,000. 
then you take the hundred thousand if i want to split it up between the three strategies i will allocate that targeted um, return amount between each strategy and similarly work backwards um, based on the number of recurrences for each strategy and again the specifics of each strategy you need to go back to those episodes and listen to how those are done um, but the actual credit targeting and using the final goal and working backwards to arrive at the size that's going to follow the same thing now that is basically how to size it based on the return but of course you have to also keep in mind the risk involved and your risk tolerance so in this case we need to consider how much drawdown risk or how much loss per trade right so ordinarily because these strategies that i use have a 2x stop loss so outside of gap risk which we'll get into outside of gap risk you expect the usual loss amount to be limited to 2x the credit received and i've said this before basically uh, the credit received is a proxy for the risk you're taking under normal circumstances. So the reason why is because, you know, we're trying to define that risk reward profile, right? So that's going to be kind of the ordinary situation. But remember, there's going to be risk of gap. All the strategies with overnight risk have gap risk. So if you go back to my trade logs, go back to the previous episode, look at my trade logs, you know, you can see that, Whereas the 45 DT strategy doesn't typically have gaps. I mean, the market can gap, because, of, but because of the low gamma, you're going to have losses that are still very well controlled. Um, and other than slippage, you can see in the log 2.1, 2.2. And there was the only time there was a really big gap was during COVID when we had those um, limit down opening days, you know, where market opened 7% down, 6% down, and then those had a 4x stop. The 7 DTE and the two to three DTE, those are more prone to gap risk. Now it's still pretty rare. You know, um, the two to three DTE, I had a eight X loss once in 2020. And then this year in 2021, I had a, uh, a 10 X loss. But other than that, they were you know usually pretty clean. And uh, I think the seven DTE had like a five X loss. So otherwise, you know, there's gaps in be three X, two and a half X, but otherwise it's normally pretty controlled. So that's something to keep in mind. Um, obviously, so if you sell, uh, you know, on a given trade and you sell half a percent worth, let's say, so your half a percent of premium you collect, meaning 2x is, is 1%, right? So if you're okay with losing 1%, you know, per trade potentially, and that's divided among all, if you're only running one strategy, yes, maybe you're going to lose 1%, but if you're running three strategies and each trade is half a percent, right, you have potential, if they, they all get wiped out, you might lose, you know, 3%. And again, there's the gap potential. So, right. So now, again, if you look at my logs, you're going to see that they don't all run into the same gaps all the time. So it's not like you're necessarily going to face all of the trades hitting a five or 10 X loss at once. Um, but you just need to keep that in mind that it's possible. So the gap risk is something to keep in mind um, when sizing a trade. And so we've talked about sizing a trade based on how much you want to make, but also keeping in mind how much you're willing or not willing to lose, right? Uh, and then there's the, the overall buying power allocation. So this is where I want to talk into some of the nuances of each strategy in terms of how they, the buying power ebbs and flows because each one is a little bit different. So let's start with the, the two to three DTE strategy. This is, and I mentioned this before, this is the largest trade um, because of the, 
leverage required to get an appropriate credit, right? With such a short duration. And because of that, we're only trading SPX, right? But the margin required for SPX is quite large. Um, given the size of SPX, the index right now, I'm looking at my trade log here. I have one that's the strike is 43.15, right? So 43.15, we take times 100, that gives you a notional size of 431,500. So the buying power I've set on portfolio margin is about 9% of that. So 9% is 38,800. So about 39,000 one contract. So the nice thing about a two to three DT strategy is that even though it requires a lot of buying power, the strategy is meant to only have one position on at any one time, right? On Monday, you sell one, it expires on Wednesday. On Wednesday, you sell another one, expires on Friday. On Friday, you sell one, expires on Monday. And I've mentioned that in the instances where, for example, the Monday trade is stopped out on Tuesday, I will sell a one DTE, right, for that Wednesday, just to have that trade back on. Um, but again, only one position on at any one time. So um, today is August 1st, 2021. So at this point in time, running that strategy at one contract, you can as basically assume that your average or steady state margin utilization is 38,800 or 39,000. So that's pretty straightforward. Um, obviously, it's pretty high. So this strategy can only be done with a portfolio margin account um, unless you're running it on uh, with ES options, futures options, in which case you have a similar buying. Um, uh, today, I found out that uh, futures have a very good capital efficiency intraday, but overnight, the it falls back to about the same capital, capital efficiency as portfolio margin. The only thing is with futures, with the span margin, you can get that kind of capital efficiency, the 9% BPR, without actually having a portfolio margin account. But anyways, that that's a that's a, a, a offshoot there. So um, moving on to the 7DTE strategy. This one is a little more complex because you're selling Monday, Wednesday, and Friday, just like 2 to 3DTE, but because you're selling a week out for each one, you're gonna get overlap, right? So there's essentially three positions you will have overlapped at any one time in steady state. Now, if obviously if one of them has stopped out, you, you'll drop one off and it goes down. But I'm just, again, assuming under normal circumstances. So if we look at the size of this trade here, right now um, for seven DTE, I have on a SPY position, that's the 429 strike. Right, so SPY 429, let's calculate the notional value, is 42,900. Again, we do the 9% BPR, and you get 3,800, 3,861 for the buying power. So that's for a single contract, but remember I mentioned you're gonna have three of them overlapped. So we times three, and we get 11,583. So 11,583, this is, at this point in time, about your steady state buying power allocation, right? So um, once you have your credit target, you have your, you know, you figure out your size and you can obviously scale up, but when you're factoring how much buying power you wanna do, right? So if you do the SPY 7DTE strategy out of one contract, when I say one contract, I mean per entry, right? Because obviously you have three entries overlap. So running the SPY 7DT strategy at one contract is going to have three contracts 
worth of positions overlapped, right? So three total, but one contract each position. So at one contract, the SPY 7DT strategy is going to run you about 11,500 buying power on portfolio margin. And if you run it at two contracts, it's double that because it's two contracts per position for a total of six contracts. So if we double that, basically it's going to be $23,100 buying power. So just keep that in mind. The 70T has three overlapping positions. Now we're going to move on to the 45DTE strategy. This is, and it's a little, you know, kind of contra. Uh, counterintuitive. I, I've said many times in the past that this is in fact the safest quote-unquote strategy of the three that are run. This is purely because of the lower gamma risk, right? As trades move slower, there's less um, susceptibility to the gap risk. So that makes the strategy easier to manage um, and just kind of less risky in that sense. But <laughs> it's the most complicated in terms of figuring the buying power. And that's because you're entering a trade every single day, right? And when you enter a, uh, a trade every single day, um, you're going to have a lot more, quote unquote, overlapping positions in your so-called book. So let's uh, one thing to keep in mind, right? We're entering this at 45 or closest to 45 DTE and we're exiting at 21 DTE no matter what. So if you carried a trade from open to close, and it doesn't hit the profit target, and it doesn't get stopped out. Um, 45 down to 21, that's 24 days in between. So the maximum time in trade is 24 days. Does that mean you're going to have, if you enter a trade every single day, potentially 24 trades on at all times? No, it does not. Because when we're taking a profit target, you know, 50 or 60%, um, and you can go back to my episode and look at the capital efficiency study, I'm currently doing a 60% profit target. Right. So you're going to end up closing these trades earlier than 21 days. And there's also the 2x stop loss. So when I was running at 50 percent profit target, I've only ever had like one or two trades actually hit 21 um, DTE at 60 percent profit target. I might actually have more, but we'll see. But at 60 percent profit target, your average time in trade is going to be 14 days. Now, does that mean you're going to have, on average, 14 positions overlap? Again, no, it doesn't because there's a little bit of a nuance here. We're entering a trade every day, right? But we can't enter one on Saturdays and Sundays. So you can only enter five times a week. So the heuristic I use to figure out your average book size is you take the time in trade on average, in this case, 14. We divide by seven to see how many weeks there are, in which case two weeks. Then we multiply by five because right, there's five trades a week. So we get 10. So for a strategy that has a, a, this particular strategy with a 14 days average time in trade, you're going to have an average book size of 10 overlapping positions. Now, that's just on average, right? Sometimes it's lower. Sometimes it's higher. In fact, the maximum book size is 17 because remember we mentioned the maximum time in trade is 24. So we take 24 divided by 7 times 5, you get 17.1. So the maximum book size is 17. Now, unless you're going to max out your buying power on this strategy, you don't really need to worry about this. Um, but don't max out your buying power because, again, the buying power ebbs and flows, right? So you need to leave enough room where it occasionally might max out the book size. Otherwise, 
if you run out of buying power, you might have to skip a trade once in a while, right? If, if you haven't had trades come off and you're about to hit, you know, you're at your limits of the buying power, but you need to add more positions. So if we figure this, we're going to go through a quick example again right now, because uh, I'm doing five Delta, the strikes on the 45 DTE are a bit lower. Um, so let's, let's do a quick buying power example. I have a position that's the 360 strike, right? So if we do 360 times 100 for a notional value of 36,000 times 0 0.09, 3,200 is the buying power of one contract. Now, if we multiply by 10, because the average book size is 10, we get 32,400. So the thing that's kind of interesting is if you run the 45 DTE strategy at a 60% profit target with average book size of 10, the buying power required to maintain that is actually kind of similar to one contract of the two to three DTE SPX strategy. And that's just coincidence, okay? Because we know that SPX, the product is 10 times the size of SPY. So if you run the 45 DTE strategy with SPY on one contract, and you have average book size of 10, which is 10 contracts total, right? You get, you know, 10 SPY contracts equal to one SPX. And in this case, it's actually a little lower because the, the strike for 45 DT is lower, therefore the notional is lower, therefore the, the buying power is lower. So it's not exactly the same as the one contract of um, SPX, but you get the idea. Um, so 32,000 is on average, right? But we need to make room for up to 17 positions. So in this case, if we take the 32,400 and then I'm gonna divide it by 10 and then multiply by 17 just to simulate a full 17 contract book, uh, you get 55,000. So you can potentially see the buying power requirement running it on one contract, average out at 32,000 and occasionally swell up to 55,000. But again, that's pretty rare. I've run this strategy since you know, for, for a year, year and a half, and I've rarely seen it max out. Um, I did like a six-year back test on E-Delta Pro, and I think it was actually pretty rare that you get the max book size. Um, so, you know, having looked at all three of these, uh, you can see that technically the 7 DTE is the quote-unquote smallest uh, strategy because you can run it on SPY, on one contract and you know it only holds about 11 you know 12,000 buying power uh, if you run it at three contracts which means you have nine positions overlap then you get you know close to the 27 28,000 um, so so it all kind of lines up now because if you think about it if you do the 7 DTE three times a week and you do it at three contracts you have about nine right which is similar to 10 contracts and the 45 DT strategy only has so much buying power required because of the fact that you're entering one every day, but then because of the, the profit target and the stops, you know, we, we figured that the average book size is 10. So that kind of evens out. And then which happens to be similar to one contract of the two to three DTE strategy on SPX. Um, so I'm not suggesting this exact mix, but if you happen to be running the two to three DTE at one contract, you ran the 45 DTE on one contract, but with SPY. And then you ran the 7 DTE at three contracts, again, three contracts per entry. All three end up using similar amounts of buying power, which is you know kind of just coincidental. And again, not suggesting you do this exact allocation, uh, but 
I'm just giving that example to show you the differences and the nuances of the buying power for each different strategy, right? So those are the things to keep in mind when you're sizing these, right? You start with how much you want to make and then keeping in mind, you know, the drawdown and the loss potential for the sizing. Again, the risk is pretty much defined by the credit. Um, but of course, the gap risk is something you have to keep in mind. And then finally, the buying power allocation. Um, with these strategies, you can, you know, probably allocate up to actually you know i, I don't know um I, I i go pretty low because my my goal return for each strategy is low which i'll go over that in the in the final episode the next one you know which kind of caps off this master class series um, but because of the hard stops and if we respect them you know normally like you know taste trade for example talks about 25 35 40 percent buying power but that's because they roll their trades and they allow for certain large losers to kind of swell up and eat more buying power they want to keep dry powder put on during opportunistic periods but with these these are meant to be kind of evergreen persistent income strategies and with a tight stop the buying power expansion isn't as much of a consideration because you're going to get stopped out before your positions expand and buying power you know so you know, I, I i can see going you know 60 70 80 percent allocation and potentially you know still making it work but again you know do your own due diligence and kind of figure out what your risk tolerance is. So that kind of wraps up um, the topic for, for this episode. Um, and moving to the next one, like I, like I said, we're going to cap off with the, the final series where we're going to put everything together and uh, do the whole ensemble and mix the, the active options with uh, kind of a passive core and put the whole portfolio together. So that's for this one. You know, um, as always, if you enjoyed this episode, please take a moment to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. It's available on most of the major platforms, including Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Um, you can also find more of my content on my trading page at www.thetradebusters.com, where you can find all of my strategy mechanics and trade logs, as well as essays that I have written and other podcasts that I recommend. Finally, you can also follow me on Twitter at thetradebuster. That's it for today. Thank you all for listening and I'll see you guys next time.